Welcome to the Community Health Alliances podcast brought to you by Monarch Healthcare Management as a donation to Care Resource Connection. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Steve Coring, Fire Chief for the City of St. Louis Park. And I'm Amy Looked, the CEO of Care Resource Connection. And this podcast is really the work that supports our community health alliance that we do uh, between our two organizations. So welcome today. And today's going to be a little different. Uh, we It's going to be Amy and I talking a little bit about some pretty incredible work that's being done in the city of St. Louis Park. And I'm going to have a Amy kind of described some of that uh, to our listeners, um, both two different roads. We're going to talk a little bit about our, our certified nurse assistant uh, certification uh, work that we're doing, as well as all of the work that Amy's been doing with the school in the United Way grant uh, purpose-driven paychecks program. So Amy, I'll just turn it over to you for a little bit here and we'll talk back and forth. Perfect. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, for those that are unaware, the St. Louis Park High School now has the nursing assistant uh, class. And each semester, they have 24 students that go through. So they're able to get about 50 through in a school year. And there is a wait list for this class. This is the second year now that uh, we've had the class. And back in the end of last year, United Way had provided uh, the school with a grant called a Purpose Driven Paychecks Grant. And that is for the students to basically build um, credentials as they're going through the class and be able to connect with the community leaders, have a mentorship program, and then be able to come back to the class and sit down with their counselor and determine what what path they want to take for uh, their college readiness. And by this time, they'll be able to have an understanding whether it's going to be nursing or or um, maybe the business or looking more into social services, things of that nature that they would never have had the opportunity to do so before. So I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, I, <clears throat> I sit on the um, career and college readiness board uh, on the executive board for the school. And, uh, you know, as we look at the success of our CNA program at St. Louis Park, um, we see that the need for that experiential learning and that kind of focused approach in other areas of learning within the high school. And so we always draw to the CNA program as, as, a, as a kind of an example of what it looks like when you have community engaged leaders, where you have uh, leadership uh, who's willing to own it, uh, both in the school and outside the school with engaged professionals like, like you, Amy, and, uh, and some others. And so we say, well, how do we, you know, how do we talk about that in a way that our communities understand what a great opportunity this is for our young people? And then how do, how do young people benefit? And I think you kind of mentioned a little bit about the, the way they can kind of tap into certain other career paths right? I mean, the stackable credential idea, right? That's, that's a big idea, a big component of, of how some of these young people are going to get a chance to get employed in the healthcare world, right? It is. And a lot of the students today are more uh, financially aware of how much it costs to go to school. So their, their focus is more on building their certifications, building their credentials, looking into um, a career 
driven uh, program right out of the gate. And so they want to be able to have a decent paying job that's in the field of their study that they can continue to go to school and continue on with their, with their education. And then with this grant, what's so important is with these students that um, are taking the class, you know, back, I always tell you back in our day, um, you know, you and I may have relationships with somebody and it was always about, oh, hey, go talk to Bill or go talk to somebody because they're hiring and just tell them I sent you. Well, these kids nowadays, they don't have that. And so we're teaching them how to build those professional relationships um, in this in this program, in this in the part of this grant for them to be able to whether or not they stay at that specific site where they're doing their mentoring or decide to go to a different site. But as they leave, they'll still have that um, business reference that they can take alongside with them that they never had before. And so I think that's that's a big piece of how they're going to transition from being the student into being a you know a, an employee and understanding what it takes to be in the healthcare space. So if we learned anything during the pandemic in this uh, in this field of skilled nursing and an adult or um, senior living is that there are not enough people. There are not enough staff to take care of of these uh, of these very vulnerable populations that come into these sites, and so I'm, <clears throat> how valuable is it to these sites, you know, that are focusing on caring for our seniors? How valuable is it to have people who come to them trained? Incredibly valuable. Um, I think it, I can speak for every single site um, in the city of St. Louis Park. They're all engaged in this in this grant. Um, and I know we've, we've had previous podcasts talking to Barb and, um, talking to Betsy and Chad and the different spaces in regards to the challenge of, of having staff and access to additional staff. But knowing that in this purpose-driven paychecks program, these, um, we've asked each site to assign one person that's going to be able to be on these group panels, coming into the classroom, doing mock interviews, um, helping me with the skills training, going through resume building, reviewing, being guest speakers. And then the most important thing is we have students that have never even entered um, a long-term care site or assisted living site. So we have to be really strategic and careful on how we're going to bring these students in, taking tours, having them do group activities, because we don't want to just go in there and, um, you know, just say, here you go. We want to be able to help them understand how, how these folks not only just get there, um, but also how we're meeting them where they are in the moment and then working alongside that staff. But bringing that mentoring in the classroom is something new that we changed this year because I think it's important for the students to have that access to each mentor at each site to be able to have a familiar face when they go to that site. Because as we're going through and talking about building on certifications, when we, we last week, we just finished going over all of the details of the grant and each site is, is open to having the students volunteer at age 15 and older, 
they'll already have their background check and and their mantos. Um, And then at age 15, they'll work school-friendly hours from 4 to 7, be it dining, wherever the case may be. And then when they turn 18, they can either work in assisted living or in the long-term care. Um, Assisted living, they can do be a resident assistant and work their way into getting medication aids. And then they'll have those certificates. And then when they're able to graduate from the CNA program, they can do that, go back and get their TMA. Um, But in long-term care, with the shortage of, of nursing and things of that nature, there's so many incentives for these students to be able to connect with uh, the administrators in that building and have these conversations with the HR representatives to really understand not only are they coming from the classroom, but financially, what's going to benefit them the most to get them to where they need to be. Because for a lot of them at their first generation, they're the first ones in their families that are going to be graduating and going onward to college. And so it's it's that um, legacy that we're we're trying to help them build in in this program. So when when we see the students come out of this program, <clears throat> the graduates, you know, who come into the workforce are what are we hearing back from them as to how they how they look at it is it exactly as they thought it would be? Are they are they excited that they they're in they're able to serve uh, or have a job? They are. You know, interestingly enough, we we look at it as the purpose-driven paychecks program even though it's a CNA classroom it's really an exploration of healthcare. Um, you're starting with the CNA, just determining what where, where you want to go with that. But we've started last school year with students that aren't quite 18 yet and are working in the daycare center at Tower Light. And now they're back, getting, going to be going through their skills training. And they're so excited to be able to get their CNA because they want to move into additional roles at Tower Light. Um, and then same at, you know, the the nursing homes, be it the estates, uh, the villas. Um, and then also we have some, some additional pieces where they're working one-on-one with the HR communities in with the hospitals and trying to figure out some ways with uh, Methodist Hospital, how we can integrate that during a school, a school day, because they do first, second, and third shift with the unions. Well, you know, for I've been involved, obviously, firsthand in helping kind of develop this program. And I can say that, you know, as I, as I met with the students and I've met with those who are on the outside looking into the program, the best, the best feedback that we get is, is that everybody wants to be like that program, right? Everybody looks at that program as a, as a really great uh, example of what it takes to really address this problem of, of getting experiential learning in front of young people. And I think there's always been a benefit with healthcare that healthcare creates such a, an opportunity for the stackable credential idea, right? That mm-hmm. I can get in at whatever level and then whatever class I take actually builds on my credentials to help move me into a path, including, but not limited to being able to get employed so that you can take advantage of tuition re- reimbursement programs and things like that. Cause it does come down to money. Right. So it does. This United Way funding really helps remove some of those barriers uh, to get this kind of a learning process in front of these students. Um, and is that kind of what the intent was with the United Way? It was. It was basically to 
remove some of the financial barriers to allow these students to, number one, um, have access to transportation if needed, have um, scrubs paid for, have a um, an account where they can get some really good um, shoes for, for their work. And then just as we're removing all those different barriers, just to be able to work with their themselves, their families, Allison, the, the, the instructor and Kara, the counselor, and having that, that whole group um, supporting the needs of these students. And my role at the, at, in this piece is to really work out in the community, continue to support Allison, and, um, but really bringing the community together to, to find ways of how these kids can have that access and entry points to job shadowing and really understanding where, okay, so I'm taking a nursing assistant class. So I know what I need to do to build up on my nursing, but what colleges are we connecting with, with some of these sites and what scholarships do they have? And if I take, you know, that business path, maybe I want to go into accounting or maybe I want to go into IT or social work or therapy. Um, there's, there's different avenues that they can take and depending on where they go for their um, mentorship plan, they're able to, to have access to that. That's great. I mean, I think it's a huge opportunity for young people who are just caught in the middle of that decision-making process of not really sure I want to go to a four-year college, not really sure what my options are, but boy, to be able to go out and get a certificate that is, uh, can put you into the job market immediately when there's so much demand. I don't know what the current level of openings are in our, in our facility. I know at, at the time of the pandemic, we had over a hundred openings in our skilled nursing facilities, but it's, I think that's just a growing problem in healthcare and, and certainly in senior care. And I'm glad that uh, I appreciate all the work you're doing, obviously, and driving this solution uh, in front of these students. So is there anything that, that you see as uh, that we need to continue to do or do differently in order to, to get this messaging out? I think really working closely with the marketing department with United Way, I know they uh, want to come out and, and take pictures of the sites, take pictures of the students with their mentors um, to be able to uh, talk about this program in different ways because we are the first ones that are basically creating this roadmap as par for the course with what we, we do here in St. Louis Park. Uh, but they want to be able to see this uh, program go because they want to continue to support this program year after year at the high school, but then also have care resource connection work with United Way to bring this to the other school districts that are having this uh, program as well. Well, if uh, for listeners who are thinking, man, that sounds like a really great idea. That's something we should do here in our, in our community. It's uh, that, that you just got to start the dialogue and find out where the opportunities exist. Uh, the United Way is a great organization that that helps, uh, you know, support a lot of work like this. And, and certainly if you reach out to any one of us, uh, either Amy or myself, we can help guide you back to, uh, you know, to the, the system where you can kind of get links and get connected up. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> at this time, I, I appreciate everything you're doing on that, in that part, the CNA part and, the, and the, and the United Way part. I just want to switch gears a little bit as we kind of wrap up our final podcast, um, I think this will probably be the final one of the year. Just talk a little bit about the holidays and uh, 
Um, what that means, I think that people are, as I look at it and, and we see on a regular basis in our day-to-day response in our communities, I think the, the holidays represent a, a very interesting challenge to our senior population. Um, it's a great opportunity for people to connect and to be, uh, you know, the, the decorations in our skilled nursing facilities, the decorations in our senior living buildings. And, but really there's a, there's a really, uh, interesting kind of trauma that's happening, you know, within these populations, because at the holidays, it's hard. So many of our seniors don't have connections, right? Mm -hmm. They don't have people who are checking in on them. And, and I guess as, as our community health Alliance thinks about the holidays and thinks about where we're going in the coming year, uh, I'd ask that we just start to think differently about connecting with those seniors, uh, in our, in our, not only in our facilities, but those, the one who lives next door to you, the one who lives three houses down, uh, just check in and make sure that, that they have what they need, that, you know, is there an opportunity? Are they willing and able to accept help? Mm-hmm. If, uh, and this is the holidays is the greatest time to, to share that message. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, I know for uh, our care resource uh, team and, and our volunteers, we, evangelize the message of in our own neighborhoods uh, where we have elderly neighbors, especially those living alone. Um, We take turns shoveling their driveways. We take turns when we're going to the grocery store to ask if they need anything, especially when we know if there's a, you know, winter storm coming, things of that nature. Um, But just being that good neighbor, right. I think is really, is a really good message during the holiday season. And, you know, especially when it comes to those that, are living alone in social isolation, just the idea of them having, you know, someone deliver them cookies or or bringing them a holiday card just completely makes their day. Right. We get, sometimes we get a little bit wrapped up in the concept of happy holidays or Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. I mean, really the, you know, the, the idea of the holidays in December, it's like a 30 day event, right? So across the numerous bodies of culture, bodies of color that exist within our communities. There's a variety of holidays, uh, celebrations that are happening. And I think it's less about the name of the holiday and more about the fact that um, this is a time when we should all kind of be connecting in a different mm-hmm. way and, uh, and think differently about how we support the various gaps that exist in our community. And, and this is a great time to check in because you get to see firsthand uh, who's connected and who's not. Right. And if, if you are looking for, for some place to start or looking for someone to, you know, help guide you in, in how you can help in the community, start with your fire department, call your local fire chief or your local uh, nonprofit, because they're the ones that are working on, on this and they have different things that they're doing. Some, some work with different grocery stores and companies to bring gifts into seniors AERP has a new program where you can donate um, a gift for a senior and then they have volunteers that can go out and deliver. If you have extra time, energy, and resources, you can call AERP and be that delivery person um, in your area. But there's there's plenty of ways to go. And like, like I said, if you have any additional questions of where to turn, you can always reach out to Steve and myself. Yeah, I think if We've been doing this for a long time. We've had this podcast going now. And I think if I can share any message, it's the, you know, fired. I've had more people come to me and say, 
they had no idea that the fire department did this kind of work or that this was the fire department's focus. And <clears throat> if you're a fire chief and, uh, and you're a fire department that's, that's focused on community risk reduction, if you're, if you are truly invested in reducing the risk in your community, then, then really this is an option for you to think about, to be, to be, think differently about your strategic priorities as you move into 2023, about how are we going to address this problem? And I, and I can tell you that it doesn't have to be a large, grandiose program. It just needs to be starting somewhere. And it's likely in those repeat high utilization patients who are calling 911, the lift assist that doesn't get transported. It's the it's those gaps. It's those people who are really genuinely not connected and ask just simply asking the question, are you are you willing and able to accept help? Um, can create a chain reaction of opportunity for your fire department and your community that you didn't know existed. So with that, I think we'll just uh, leave the message at happy holidays and Merry Christmas from, from the fire chief in St. Louis Park. And, uh, and I hope that everything that you do in 2023 is as rewarding as it was for us in 2022. Absolutely. I echo that message. Happy holidays from all of us at Care Resource Connection and the whole Community Health Alliance. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please tune in next Wednesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts.